morning ladies and gentlemen and welcome to my podcast on today today is friday we made it through the week so today is friday so thank god we made it through the week today is april the 17th and today i'm going to do something a little different i'm not going to get on here today and read my daily devotion and pray Today, I'm going to do something different. I want to talk about stuff that people really deal with. Yes, I know daily devotion is good and prayer is good. But today, I want to do something just a little bit different. And it has been laying on my heart for a while to do this. And I want to do it. Um, It's just different stuff that I have been dealing with that I want to be real so I want to make this series of let's be real talk show with Felicia with me so today is going to be about me like me being real me being telling you the real deal no holding back no faking no phony stuff nothing today is Today is um, about, let's be real, let's talk about the real issue, the real issue of being a single mom, the real issue that what people go through. So today, if you hear me cry or you hear some noise in the background, it is me pausing, trying to get myself together, or if you hear me crying, it's because I have been through it, and I thank God that I have been through it, Um, and just some stuff that I just want to tell y'all the stuff that I have dealt with in my life and how I try to deal with it and still dealing with it to this day. Um, About some stuff. So, sorry about that. I know I had pause for a second. And please forgive me if this podcast is a little bit longer than the other ones, or whatever the case may be. So today I'm going to talk about Let's Be Real Talk Show. This is episode one, (laughs) season one, okay? And I'm going to talk about what is anxiety. I know I did a podcast a while back about anxiety, but I'm going to go deep in details about anxiety, about what I went through and how I'm dealing with it and just different stuff aspects of my life okay anxiety is a is a body natural response to stress it is a feeling of fear or fear or a happiness about what is to come but if you are feeling anxiety that are strain lasts longer than six months and are interfering with your life you may have an anxiety disorder that's what Google say anxiety is. Over here in the Mayo Clinic, it's a anxiety. It's tense, it's sick, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situation. Fast heart rate, rapid breathing, sweating, and feeling tired may occur. Common cause of this system anxiety can be a normal stressful situation, such as speaking in public or taking a test. Anxiety is only indicated on the of an underlying disease when feeling becomes excessive, all-consuming, interfering with your daily life. And they 
say self-treatment is physical activity, a healthy diet, sleeping, relaxation, exercise may help reduce anxiety. Join a support group to manage your stress. You know, the best is to avoid caffeine, alcohol, and nicotine. And they say when to seek medical, uh, medical care. You can't work or maintain a relationship, abuse alcohol, other system, feel slow, feel sad, and slow down. That's when you need to see a doctor. But I just want to give y'all that. But I deal with anxiety. I'm not going to sit here and lie and sugarcoat. Say that I don't, but I do. And I'm going to go into details about why I think I might have this anxiety and how God has helped me along this journey. So today I'm going to going to do something like I told you I'm just saying this again today I'm going to do something a little different today I'm going to get I'm not going to read my daily devotion for today and pray for today I'm going to talk about mental health illness and how it can impact your life last night I couldn't really sleep last night I just really couldn't sleep it was like my mind was going nonstop. so as I lay awake in my bed with thoughts running through my mind, worried about this and that. Can't sleep at night with tears in my eyes. I'm going to let you in my life. I'm going to let you in my life. As people think I have it all together and I'm over here living my best life. <laughs> let me be real. It is time to stop faking and try to be someone or something. Okay, as you may know, I am a single mother with three children it was not by choice that I want to be a single mother with kids because I want to be married I want to have this picture perfect family not picture perfect but I want to have the big house the career my kids this husband who treats me well and do all this wonderful thing he had to be uh he had to be made in God image he had to love God he had to have a heart for God all that that's what I have predicted for my life but no God saw otherwise. God said, wait, let me see. He knew my life journey before I was even here. So I said, okay. I don't, I was like, I didn't want, at the time, I did not want a kid. It's because I have come from a family of eight. And my sister was having kids. So I said, I don't want no kids. I can just raise their kids. I'll be the, the favorite auntie or whatever. I'll raise their kids. But no, I had three kids. So, I have nothing about raising kids. Didn't know nothing about raising kids. None whatsoever. But I knew that I can do the best I knew. I had to do the best I could to raise my three kids. No, I was not married to that dad. I just had kids. I don't wear a lot. Put it that way. I just had kids. Doing Felicia. Not, you know, doing life. I can put it that way. If I can just say it like that. Doing life. And I ask God to give me the wisdom and knowledge to raise my kids the best way that I knew how. That's all I could do was just ask God. And I think I pretty, I think I did pretty good for myself. I really do. I have all three teenagers, and they have not gave me a hard time. Don't know why, but I thank God they haven't really gave me no hard time. They really listen to me. They really there for me. It's like. It's really some days are good days, some days are bad days. But where am I at? Because I'm, I wrote some notes. So I'm trying to find out where I'm at. Um, because 
as I look at my kids, they're very respectful. They are just a blessing from God. As I look back over my life, I ask God, why me? Why me? I ask him. <laughs> day after day, week after week, month after month, and year after year, why me? Why me? Why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to deal with anxiety? Why do I have to get raped by my uncle? Why am I the black sheep of the family? The list goes on and on as I'm asking God, why me? Like, why me? Um, well, um, I told you. Okay, so, but God knew best and he did not make a mistake. So God knew what he was doing as I had three kids out there, like he knew that okay Felicia's gonna be the black sheep of the family Felicia's gonna get away but he knew all this is gonna happen to me but I'm up here asking God why me so as um I was still staying with my kid then so when I decided to leave my kid dad in 2017 because he was abusive he beat me in front of my kids one day and I had seen it because I saw what it did to my my mom, my dad. My dad did that to my mom. And the list it just it goes down. The sister excuse sister and her husband sister and her husband, you know, it that it's like the generational curse is going down a lot. So I always make this promise. God if my kids ever see me get beat in front of whoever, I'm leaving him no matter what. So the day he did it, I called the cops or whatever my kids were scared. And he was like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do this to you, blah, blah, blah. I didn't want to hear it. So I was working at this little convenience store. And don't get me wrong, it was a job. It was a job. Until things got better. He would not let me use his car. So what I did one day, I took my whole paycheck and got us a car. Even though it took me all day to get this vehicle I didn't care what it was I needed a car for me and my kids and I did not care what it was at the time so I got a car a van it was a 2008 Dodge Caravan I never forget that so I got this got this vehicle okay got it and he was like why you get this car it was not for your privilege it's for me and my kids because when my when me and my when my kids had doctor's appointment I would have to call the medical transportation to come pick us up and you in the house with the car but wouldn't let me use the car or whatever the case may be none of that so I was like okay whatever and then I went on to um went on and this lady was like please you gotta leave him you know I was like I can't do this I can't raise my kids by myself that's their dad I can't raise them I can't do this by myself who gonna help me you know these are the thoughts that was going through my mind because I thought I thought I needed a man to help me to least for my you know to help me with my kids because I want the perfect the picture perfect family I wanted to be happy I wanted to have a husband I wanted all of this but God So, as I went through, as I went on through this, 
I decided to leave him. One day, he asked me, could he use my vehicle to go to come to Houston because he had a child support case. I told him nothing. So he got out mad, so it was a Friday. I was like, today is the day I moved. I moved into this apartment. And with the help of people that I work with, they helped me move. I moved out in a day. Moved everything. I left him the bed. I took everything I left in the bed. I left him the bed. It's clothes. Um, I took the wash and dry. I took the kids. Okay, you know, I just took our clothes, our food, you know, washing dry stuff that I would need. Took all that. Took it all. Took it because I like, this is what I'm gonna do. So I took it. And then he got messed. I can't believe you left for blah blah blah. I had to deal with that. I had to just like, okay, whatever. So I'm in this apartment. I was like, okay, God, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. Don't know. I'm going to do this, how I'm going to um, raise my kids, how I'm going to make it, and all this type of, the list went on and on, like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, like, Jesus, you're going to have to help your sister with this, because, honey, it's about to be on and popping, so, we went on, a couple of weeks later, he had to have somebody break into, so they had somebody break into my apartment. And I was scared. So I called the cops or whatever. I don't know who it was because they were all black. They was messing with them. No, trying to scare me. I guess I don't know if they were trying to scare me or break in. I don't know. But it scared me. So I like called the cops. The cops like, I was like, no, I can't. No, he said, well, don't worry about it. And I said, I, I basically told I think it's my kids. They're trying to have somebody try to break in on us or whatever. I don't know. And he's like, did you leave him? I said, yes, I left him because he's a piece of the box. And he was like, well, I tell you what, I stay out here all night. So if something happened. He said he's going to stay there all night. If something happened, I'm here. I was like, okay. Just know my pole was not facing the front. It was facing the back by the wood. So he stayed there all night. I remember when I got up the next morning to get ready to take my kids to school. He was still there. So I took my kids to school. So I got off. I was still going to school. Going to school trying to be um, radiated. Already out of tech, going to Kilworks, going to college or whatever, making sure they go to practice on the go, just going and going, you know. And then one day I made it home, my life had got cut off. And it was just like, because I stayed in, we was in Long Beach, Texas. At that time, it was cold, so I was like, oh. So I asked their dad, can they come stay? Not me. Can they come stay until I get my lights turned back on? He was like, oh yeah, tell me, you can cook tonight? Nope. Cause that's what I did. I made sure we ate before we went there. I'm not cooking nothing. We're not trying to make no family. It's nothing there. So when I left, I want you know I didn't want that. So I was like, he said, my kid, like, mom, I'm not staying if you're not going. So I was like, okay, I chose to stay, but we was in separate rooms. Like I said, okay, we over here, and you over there. So that's how it was. So I did that. I stayed. So he was like, what y'all, what y'all gonna, what you gonna do? So that next day. I was hustling. I was going to different places, like people to help pay your bill, people to help do this. My grandma, who that was still living, she had sent me some money to help me pay my life bill. I was on it because I was 
my thing was one night only and we was gonna go back home the next day so i got my lights turned back on my kids said mom we going home i said yes we going home i got our lights back on so we going home so that day he said oh y'all come oh, he asked me can you come pick me up i was like pick you up for what he said, that way, uh, what y'all, what you cooking? I said, I ain't cooking nothing. I'm cooking something at my place. I ain't cooking nothing. Because, he, for one, he thought he had me. So, oh, if I don't, because I said, can you give me the money? I'm going to pay the light bill. And he said, oh, I'll give it to you. Like, he never called. But see, me, as a black woman, and me, that know, I was like, I'm going to do what I have to do to do for me and my kids. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it work. And that's what I did. I got a light turned back on. And he thought he had me. Because he said, oh. And he was telling my sisters. And then her uncle, she'll be back. She just, she'll be back. She can't make it. And this is what? 2020. I'm still by myself with me and my kids. And I'm still making it. Even though it's not the best of situation or whatever. Yes, we do struggle. But we together. Okay. And then people, I was like, Felicia, you know, I always had a smile on my face. People thought I was good. But I really wasn't. They just like, Felicia, are you okay? But yet I was still smiling. Because, yes, I know I was going through stuff. But I always had a smile on my face. So while I was working and going to school, I can remember in 2013, I lost my grandmother. Who is like my mom to me because she basically raised me. Um, She died. I did get to go see her maybe like once or twice before she passed. Because one of my friends, one of my associates, I don't say I have friends because I don't have friends. Uh, one of my associates, um, somebody I just talked to, wrote to Louisiana with me to go see my grandma. And then the other time, me and my kids went. So I wanted them to see their great, great grandma before she had passed or whatever. So they did go get to see her. And, um, or whatever the case may be. So, came home one day. I got a call from my older sister. She told me that my grandma had passed. I was like, okay. And it was like a week before Christmas. I was like, okay. And then by this time, my kids are sick with the flu. All three of them. One had it, then the other had it. was like they was passing along to each other. And I thought I was okay with it. Because I could not make it to the film. Listen, I have sisters that was in Longview. I have, I had three was it three? Maybe two. I can't remember. Two sisters at the time that I know for sure. That was in Long. It was three. Three sisters that I knew for sure that was in Longview. That was better off than what I am. I mean, like, they had a husband. They had plenty of cars. You know, stuff like that. They had plenty of cars, you know. They could have been like, well, Felicia, uh, we'll take you. You know, we'll take you and your kids or whatever. I didn't have the gas money. I didn't have none of that. But then my sister offered to ask and help me. They don't care about me. Why? Because I am the black sheep of the family. So me, I didn't make it to my grandmother's funeral. I didn't make it. And it crushed me because that was like my mom couldn't make it. And I said, God, okay, I can't make it. Okay, I'm going to be okay about it. I'm going to be at peace about it. I'm going to be all right. That's what I was telling myself. But no, I can't remember. It was like in 2013. No, 2013. Somewhere around now. Okay, man, it was like 2014, 2000, 2000, somewhere almost close to the end of 2000, maybe the last week of December, or probably the early part of January because it was still cold. I remember in my bed sleeping, and I woke up, my heart was racing. I'm like, why my heart racing? Then my body changed with the hot cold real quick. 
my heart was racing, so I couldn't do. And right then, right there, I saw my life flash right before my eyes. And I'm like, oh my God, what is going to happen to me? Who's going to take care of my kids? All these thoughts are running through my mind. So I got so scared, I called the ambulance. The ambulance came and got it, picked me up. They was like, well, maybe it's your thyroid. They were checking me. I was like, they was like, oh, it's nothing. You know, you can go back home. Nothing. <laughs> Next year was pretty hell. Because every night, no matter what, I was in the back of somebody's ambulance because my heart was racing. My body would change. Nobody knew what was going on with me, and I didn't know what was going on. The doctors didn't know because I'm in a little small little country in Longview, Texas, that don't have a whole lot of medical technology, you know. So every night, I would have my kids call 911, or I would go stay at somebody's house. And I remember this one lady who she told my kids who she loved my kids so dear like she was their real grandmother, but she wasn't. I told her what was going on, and she said, come on, you and your kids can come out here. But I didn't, so we stayed with her maybe like maybe two nights, three nights here and there. She didn't mind. I told her I just want to be somewhere in case something happened to me. I knew I was safe. I kept saying I can't stay in my apartment. I couldn't stay in there. Because like I walked into my house. As soon as I walked into my room, it was just like something black. Something like would just like this turn make me so scared. I didn't know what it was. So one day, I called my doctor. I told them what was going on. And it's me like, maybe it's your blood pressure or whatever. He had me so scared because I like blood pressure. I'm pretty much healthy. Like, I don't do a whole lot of stuff. I'm like, I'm pretty much healthy. So why is it that I have high blood pressure? You know, I work out. I try to eat right. You know, I try to do all the right stuff. I'm like, why do I have high blood pressure? So I was like, he said, I have high blood pressure. And I got to check him up. So I went out. I brought him a blood pressure cuff. Put it on my arm. Put it on my arm, and everywhere I went, I was taking it. I had it on my arm, wearing like it, I was wearing it like it was a watch. I was wearing it, and then I was my sister like, Felicia, they were like, "Please, what's going on? Tell me what's going on." You know, like what's what's really going on? Oh, you just need to drink, or oh, you just need to do this. And so one day, I went to church and I asked these people to pray for me, or whatever, because this is what I'm dealing with. They say, you must have done something. God is punishing you. So all I could think of, I done had three kids out of wedlock. So God is punishing me because I done had three kids out of wedlock. And I thought that for the longest, that God was punishing me because I done had three kids. I was not married to their dad, thank you, Jesus. But I done had three kids out of wedlock. So I was like, God is punishing me. Even though I was going back and forth to people's house, staying at people's house, it has consumed me so bad to where I would go sit at my, my I had to uh, put my youngest, my oldest son into like a small sitting school because he had like a learning disability. Put him there and I would just stay at his school because as long as I'm around people, I'm safe. You know, I'm safe. So I was like, okay, I'll be okay. I'll just stay here with him and I'll be Okay, 
go pick them up. And I, it was so bad, I couldn't even go to the store. I go to the store sometimes. I make it there, you know. Some days I had good days. Some days I had bad days. So I was like, oh, Lord. Like, either I'm going to be okay. That's all I kept wanting to know. What is wrong with me? So one day, I had went to, I was going to Claremont College. I had left work. And by that time, I was like, okay, I'm about to make it home. And my kids are making it home at the same time, whatever. I got in my car and I was driving. And uh, out of nowhere, my heart started racing and it scared me. I thought my heart was about to jump out my body. So I was like, okay, I can't make it. So I turned around. I went to the gas station. And I said, can you call the uh, ambulance? My heart is racing with her. So they called the ambulance. And they was telling her to give me an aspirin. And I know if you get somebody aspirin, that means they about to, you know, let's stop the heart attack or whatever. <laughs> a stroke or something. I was like, no, no, no. And I was thinking all this whole time when I was going through my kids. Who's going to take care of my kids? Where are my kids? <laughs> and I said, Okay. We'll be okay. Please just come. I kept telling myself, please come. So the evidence came, came. He said, Where you want to go? What hospital you want to go to? It was Good Shepherd and Kilgore, Good Shepherd and Long. I said, I want to go to one in Longview. Because that way I'm closer to my kids and I'm closer to people that know me, you know, you know, pretty much people that know me. So I'm like, Okay. He was like, Okay. So he got me there. And he asked me, Did you eat? Did you drink? I was like, No, I'm not dehydrated. Nothing like that. I don't think so. He gave me some food. But while I'm in there, my mind was just racing something happened to you. This is the enemy talking. What is something happened to you? Who's going to take care of your kids? Who's going to do this? I mean, and my heart rate almost got up to 300 beats per minute. I mean, you know, this is just beating fast. And this man said, you need to do a maneuver like you had the, like you had the boo-boo maneuver because your heart rate's up there. I said, oh Lord. And he said, just calm down. You're okay. You know, whatever. I made it to love you, got to the into the ER, they rushed me back there in the room. Put me on all these, nothing's wrong with my heart or nothing. No heart attack, no stroke, nothing like that. And I'm thinking, like, what the, they were doing all this blood work, I wasn't dehydrated. No matter what this man gave me, my heart would not go back to its normal. It was still at 100. It's still, like, almost 200. It still wouldn't go back lower. So he said... He said, I think I know what it is. You have an anxiety attack. You're dealing with anxiety. I was like, what is that? So he said, I'm going to give you some Atenolol that you take every day to keep your heart rate at a certain, you won't let it go too high or whatever. And then you have to start wearing a heart monitor. I was like, a heart monitor? I got so scared. I was like, oh, I'm about to die. I'm going to take care of my kids. All this stuff is going through my mind. All of it through my mind. So I was like, okay, Lord, what have I done to myself? You know, I'm thinking like, why did you allow this to happen to me? Like, what did I do to deserve this? So, I did this. I went and um, took the mess. I had to quit, drop out of Kirkwood College. Just quit. I couldn't really work. So, I quit. I had to quit my job. And quit school, so I couldn't really work because of this. And then 
one day I had to go do a stress test. I did my stress test. Came back good. Nothing wrong, no blockage, no nothing. It's just I stress so much. And I worry so much. That's what caused it. So he said, Well, you need to start working out, doing this, doing this. So I started working out, started doing what I was supposed to do and stuff like that. And then one day I had found a job or whatever, found a, you know, don't get me wrong. My anxiety would come here and there, especially if I'm worried, stressing about stuff. Because as a single mom, we always worried about who's going to take care of our kids. Can't nobody take care of our kids better than we can. Can't nobody, you know, that's all we worry about. I hope my kids make me proud or I hope my kids excel in school and do this and do that. We always worry, especially single moms. And ain't nobody, can't nobody tell me they don't stress and worry about their kids or have little anxiety. So I went to this lady and she said, I said, ma'am, can you help me? Because I had went to this place. They had a mental mental health thing in Longview. And it's, you know, I know I ain't crazy, but I had to go there. So I was like, ma'am, can you help me? Because they said I had anxiety. And she said, let me tell you something. She was a white lady. She said, let me tell you something. I said, okay. She said, I can't help you with anxiety. There's no pill for no anxiety. I'm like, okay. She said, it's all about controlling your breathing. It's all about that. I was like, okay. So, everybody was like, please, maybe you need to take medicine. Maybe you need to. I had, I was like, no, I'm just going to go to God. And I said, God, I don't want to take medicine. I don't want to have to deal. I don't want to take medicine. I don't want, I don't want to feel like a pill supposed to help make me happy, make me feel like Felicia. I want to feel like Felicia any day. I want to feel like Felicia today, tomorrow, the next day, every day. And I just say, I want to be normal. I mean, like, I don't want to be on a pill, be so zombed out to where I can't be happy-go-lucky Felicia. I can't be the fun, free Felicia. Or I can't, you know, I just can't function. So I just went to God and said, I don't want to take nothing. So I just started doing what I had to do. I gave up soda. I gave up candy. I gave up all kind of sugar caffeine. I just gave it up. I mean, I completely went cold turkey on it, gave it up. And it helped me because I knew it was from stressing and worry. So I thought I had pretty much had it under control, which I pretty much did because I was doing what I was supposed to. So in 2014, I lost my apartment in Longview. I lost it. It was because I lost my... That's my... Because I had lost my job in working at the hospital, but I was, and I lost my apartment. And even though I was still working, the lady still filed, you know, no, no, they have rules. They still filed eviction. And I, you know, I was like, okay, whatever. It is what it is. So I was like, I gotta do something. I was trying to look for other apartments. Every time I go to a different apartment, I kept getting rejected. So was, and then I was telling my sister what was going on. My sister had houses. Listen to this. Both of my sister was married. They had houses. They had cars. They had it all. They had it made. I'm assuming. Not one of them helped me and my kids move all that stuff out of my apartment. Not one of them helped me with the um, U-Haul. Not one of them said, well, you can come stay with us until you get back on your feet. Not one of them be like, Felicia, um come stay with us, you know, open up, they, not one of them did that, and I had three sisters in Longview, 
and these are people these are my family right so I was like oh Jesus so I just called my I was like I ain't got but one last resort so I called my aunt and um aunt and uncle in Houston called them asked me if they could stay with me can I go stay with them because what was going on blah 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 she said well I gotta talk to her husband which I understand and I gotta see what he say blase blase I was like okay I did what I was supposed to do. I just left it alone. So, okay, God, I don't know what else to do. I done done it. I'm tired. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. You know, I was just peed off. So, I was like, okay. So, what I'm going to do? So, they say, yeah, please, you can come stay. I was so happy. So, my sister, all they want to know, please, what you going to do? Please, what you going to do? That's all they wanted to know. But it was other people, like the people at my kids' school, trying to help me get into uh, um, an apartment. And I just told them, look, I'm just going to go to Houston. Because my goal and desire was when I had finished Kingo College and got my degree, my goal was to move to Texas, build me and my kids a house in the Woodlands or Cajun. That was my goal. But God said, you're going to go to Texas in 2014. So I came out here, I withdraw the kids, and they didn't want them to go. And I didn't really want to go either because but I had no choice. So I packed up everything, put everything in storage or whatever, packed up what I could to bring out here. Stay with my aunt and uncle. So when you staying with somebody, it ain't what you think it ought to be. Everybody not like that, but that's a different story. I'm not going to go into details about that, but it was not what I thought it was going to be. It was, can I say it? It was hell at times. And I was dealing with anxiety. And they were like, please, you know anybody but the enemy. And I knew that, but at that time, I didn't want to hear it. So, so, I was like, okay. So, I was in college. I went back to try to go to school to get, to, to try to pursue my, to pursue things in the medical field. That didn't work out either. My youngest son took sick. He had epilepsy seizures. His seizure was so bad that where he could, some days he couldn't go to school, some days I couldn't go to work. It was bad. Even though I was still my aunt and uncle at the time, I really couldn't talk to them. The only people I had to talk to was my kids. So I went home did what I had to do so I was like okay couldn't finish school my son was like mama you mad deep down I was upset because I was like you could have waited till I finished because I was almost there almost to completion but God said it's not your time yet I was soon so then we had moved into our apartment in 2016 you know and then there was a flood so during this flood, I couldn't work. This is not Hurricane Harvey. <laughs> this is another flood. They call it the tax day flood. So I couldn't go to work or nothing. So that means I lost pay. That's why I had a whole week to pay. So I told the apartment people what was going on. I had a car note. And the car note people worked for me. They were like, don't worry about it. You know, we got you, whatever. Don't you worry about it. So I was like, okay. Thank you. Whatever. I went to, I had to go to eviction court, just like I had to do in London. And this, I was trying to, the man was like, make sure you work with the puppy. So I was trying to work with the, uh, trying to get 
get the lady attention. The owner of the apartment, this lady looked at me and rolled her eyes. She was a black lady. She looked at me and rolled her eyes. And right then and there, I wanted to get up and slap the out of her. I was just so mad and destroyed. And the man was like, well, you got to be out by this day. Whatever. I was like, okay. So at that time, I was like, what am I going to do? I'm out here in Houston. And this has happened yet again. I lost my place. It wasn't my fault, but it's just Mother Nature. I couldn't get to work. So I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I was like, okay, I don't have no choice. So I started selling stuff out of my park so I would be able to get me and my kids somewhere to stay. So we went to go stay in this uh, extended stay hotel. Whew. What can I say about that? It was hell. It was two beds and it was four of us. One bathroom. Not really can't cook like you want to or whatever. But that was our home for the next three years. It wasn't easy. Because there were days I cried and asked God, Why me? Why did you allow this to happen? God, I'm doing right. I ain't out here sleeping with nobody. I'm paying my time. I'm trying to go to church. I do what you're supposed to do. But yet, I have lost my apartment again. So while we were staying in this hotel, I was like, I had to find something better. So I went to go work at a hotel as a housekeeper. Didn't want to do it, but I had to. Went there, there were days that I couldn't pay because at an extended stay, you had to pay every week. One time I couldn't pay, but we didn't have to move our stuff out. I told her when I was going to have it. She said, your stuff will stay there. Don't worry about it. We'll keep it on it. I was like, thank you so much. Because usually you have to get your stuff out and go. I like, thank you so much. Because she did have to do that. I did. I was like, okay. We stayed there for three years. We had to go stay at people's house because we couldn't pay the hotel. We even slept in our car because I couldn't pay it. But yet, we were still together. And then, one day, I was like, I don't know what it's up tight. I lost my car. Oh. I almost did paying for my car. But since I had to stay at a hotel, I had to make sure we had a roof over here and can't pick up the car. That was another disaster. So I was like, how am I supposed to get to work or whatever? I don't know what to do. So I was like, you know what? I guess I just used Uber. And everybody was like, so I had made me a GoFundMe page or whatever, tell everybody my situation. I made, I think maybe like 200 or something, I think at the most, but I was asking for what I needed to pay my car up. Nope. Didn't go like I wanted to go. So I started doing Uber. Every time we had to go somewhere, it got to the point where I had to Uber us to school. I had to Uber me and my kids school. There are times I didn't think they even had new clothes for school. And I couldn't ever since um I think maybe in those three years 
They didn't have new clothes or new shoes for school. They really did. Sometimes they go without, especially my boys, go without getting their hair cut because they didn't have the money to get their hair cut. You talking about somebody struggle? You just struggle. And then I was like, I don't know what else to do. I don't know. I'm tired of this. I was like, I'm about to give up the hell with this. I am done. I was going to wait till one day my kids had went to sleep. And I was going to work out. I was going to walk out on them and be like, I'm done. But as I looked at them as they were sleeping, I know I couldn't do that to them. I just know I couldn't. So, I was like, okay. You just got to do what you got to do. You got to stick it up. Nobody in my family knew I was homeless. All they knew that Felicia was still staying in the apartment. That's all they knew. Because I know how my family could be. My family could be, so I didn't tell nobody. So, during this time, I was like, okay, I don't know what to do. So then, what happened? Hurricane Harvey came. Hurricane Harvey came, and I couldn't get to work. I could not get to work. I was so bad. I was like, what the hell I supposed to do? And what happened? One day, I had went to work. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get this money. I don't know what to do. I need the money. I had asked my job, can they get me the check early? Which was the next day. The next day, they couldn't get me a check early or nothing. I was like, okay. And doing this, I was working two jobs. But it still wasn't enough. So I was like, okay, I don't want to So I had to, because I'm using money to Uber myself back and forth to work. To two jobs. To two whole jobs. I was doing that Uber myself. So I was like, okay. Okay, Felicia. I did it. So this guy picked this up and he was like, are you okay? He can tell something's wrong with me. I made sure my kids got out. I said, you all okay? They were like, yeah, mom. We're okay. We're good. Okay, this man was like, and I told the last one, look, I don't have the money. She said, yes, I'm going stay here. Well, nobody go in the room. We'll make sure it stay locked or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So my son had hurt his arm at school. So me and my kids, I was like, she said, you want to get a couple stuff messages? I was like, okay. And I was like, I don't want nothing because I was mad. I was, I was like sick of I'm just done. And this is doing hard, doing hurricane hard. So me and my kids, we walked. It was probably like a good 30, maybe 20, 30 minutes from the hotel to the hospital. But my son, and they was hungry. I didn't have no money to get them nothing to eat. I was like, I don't know what to do. Lord, I don't know what to do. I was pissed off. So I called this lady about, you know, trying to find a shelter. So she said, call this church, whatever, blase, blase. And I told her, I can't get there. I don't know how to get there, or whatever the case may be. Whatever, because I'm at the hospital. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a chance. I ain't have maybe like a dollar in my account, but I was, I'm just going to take a chance. If I had to Uber there, I'll Uber there. If I put this card negative, I said, Lord, please let this card work. I was praying. So the card worked. He got better. Maybe people came and got us over there. But Uber came and got us and took us to the church, to the shelter. That's where we went to a shelter at the church for Hurricane Harvey. We went there, and the lady was like, okay, thank y'all, I'm glad y'all made it. And at this time, they was not supposed to take no more people 
yet again. It was not supposed to take no more people. But yet, God said, I got more people that need to come. And they opened up their door for us. That lady, like, oh, they're hungry. She was like, I was like, yeah, they are, but I was not hungry. I was not hungry. I'm not gonna eat. I'm not gonna eat. I was hoping my kids. I do really know my kids. They said, Mama, here. You need to eat. Here, Mama. You need to eat. You need to eat, though. Like, I'm. We were not hungry. So they made sure I ate and then we went to sleep. But I'm gonna just shut up I'm mad as hell because I'm like, mad at God. Because I'm wondering. I'm wondering how in the hell this happened. So, but during this time I was in this shelter, my kids never complained never be like oh you know they never complain about nothing never complain never when I say never they never complain I don't know what complain because I was sick of, sick of it they would over us back and forth to work make sure my kids got to school or whatever and then one day we had to be out we had to hurry you know because sometimes the shelter would close I was like oh what I'm gonna do what I'm gonna stay and then one day, um, I met an angel. And this angel helped us. She said, I don't care, y'all not going downtown to the RE, the, the convention center, the George Brown convention. Y'all not going there. Not, y'all not going there. Y'all not going there. Or whatever. And I was like, okay, whatever. You know, I'm like, it's okay. If we go there, we go there. I don't care. You know, it is what it is. Because at that time, I had gave up hope. I didn't even care what happened at that point. So by this time, my sister was like, please, what you got to do? And this, you got to by yourself. And nobody, to, still to this day, nobody has came to see me. But it's okay, you know. So I was like, uh, yet again, I'm still questioning God. Why me? Why are you allowing this to happen to me? So... I said it was a Friday. I'll never forget. Friday, September. Was it September? It was one of the days. I can't even remember. It had to be September. I'm thinking. I don't know. But one day, I was like, I'm going to find me an apartment. I don't care what it is. Because every time I find an apartment, oh, we don't take broken lease. Because I had a broken lease because I had to leave the apartment in Longview because I didn't have the money, whatever. Whatever. I was like hell whatever I don't care no more at that time I just said forget it gave up I had gave up so then I was like okay I'll find me a place so I said I got up I said okay God we gonna find us a place today so <laughs> I went to the apartment I'm still staying in now and I met this lady she's like and they, it was this this apartment located told me go there she'll work with people like that blah 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 so I went there and I told her I was like so scared Oh my God, I'm scared as hell. So she showed me the apartment. She's like, 
do you like it? I was like, yeah, I like it. But the part reminded me of the part that I used to stay when I first left that day in Longview. I was like, wow. So it's like, okay, well, maybe God's taking me back to learn something that I didn't learn in the past. So it was all thinking. So I went on, went on to, um, with an apartment and she said well what's your job I told her my my uh my work my pay stuff and all that stuff and what I was saying I told her in a, in a hotel this is no these are my hotel receipts I've been paying which I paid I could pay the house note if I can pay that I can pay a house note so I I did that went on did that and she said I know and she said oh yeah broke a leaf but it's about to fall off so we're not going to worry about that the same I got approved for the apartment the same day the next day I moved in. That's it was nobody but God. Cause it like moved it so smooth. No hiccups, no nothing. She said, You like the apartment? I'm like, yeah, I like it, you know. Even though it's a two bedroom, I'm looking for a three bedroom because now me and my daughter share them, the boy share them. Which I don't care because ain't like I got a man or nobody come over and see me. I can kill it. So I was like, okay, so we moved in. Me and my kids, yet again, moving ourselves in her apartment. They were so happy to be in her And my thing is, even though, even though we went through all that for Christmas uh, that year, I went out and bought them an Xbox One. They didn't even know that I was going to buy it for them. I surprised them. And I brought it for them because during that time we stayed in the hotel. I mean, I thought the hotel and we stayed in the shelter. Not one time did they ever complain. Not one time they were like, oh, why did my mom allow this to happen to us? Oh, I hate my mom. None of that. They was like, oh, mom, don't worry about it. As long as we're together, we can make it. So that was their motto. So now that's our motto. Our motto, as long as we're together, we can make it. But I want to get on here and tell y'all, this because yes I deal with anxiety and don't get it wrong people think that because I deal with anxiety I'm going to pick back up about when I bought them the uh, Xbox I picked back up on episode I mean episodes 2 I had to put a note on my thing of Even though uh, I, um, even though people like I, I say I deal with anxiety, people think that that I'm weak because I deal with anxiety. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because I dealt with so much stuff, and yet still I still struggle. Yes, I still stress and worry and deal with anxiety. No, I don't take medicine for it because I told God I didn't want to take no medicine. I want to be the normal policeman. Every day I always ask God, let me be normal. I'm tired of dealing with anxiety. I'm tired of just dealing with stuff. And no, I don't have friends because every time I feel like I let people in, they do me wrong or they cross me. So I don't have nobody I can talk to. I don't have nobody I can just unwind to. I unwind to myself. I journal or I blog. I do that. I do craft. That's what I do. But the reason is because I just want to let somebody know that I went through all this, and yet I'm still steady. Yes, I went through anxiety. I chose not to take medication. I'm not telling you not to take it. 
I chose not to because now mine was not extreme because I, when I stress and work, that's when it happened. Or now I feel like now when I do have some kind of form of anxiety or stress, my cycle comes on. So it could be my hormones. I don't, it's just certain stuff that I just don't want to deal with anymore. Like I ask God, I don't want to deal with this no more. Don't you know I hate waking up in the middle of the night and my mind is just wondering. I hate that feeling. You're trying to go to sleep, but yet your mind is gone. I hate thinking the worst. You know, like thinking the unknown. Like, I make sure my kids go out to school, I get to work. But yet, I worry about them in school. I worry that I hope my kids do what they're supposed to do. I hope my kids are setting an example. I hope my kids are leaders and not followers. Lord, please make sure I'm doing something. And each day, I always tell them, I'm sorry. And they always say, sorry for what? Sorry I couldn't give you the big house. I'm sorry if I can't. You know, everybody don't have their own room. I'm sorry. It's like, Mom, it's okay. It's okay. But that is me. I just wanted to tell y'all this. Because I know somebody's probably dealing with the same thing and they just don't know what to do, who to talk to. And that's why I'm so passionate to help single mom with kids because I know what it's like. And I'm still in it. Still dealing. I got three teenagers. And they all, not all of them, not yet, but soon they'll be leaving home. And my thing is what I'm going to do because I don't want them to leave. Yes, I know they have to leave home and pursue their own thing but my anxiety don't want them to leave my stress don't want them to leave because I know this world is so wicked and cruel and if somebody do something to my kids I would shut it down and my kids know that but in episode 2 I'm going to be talking about the Christmas of Xbox that I had got them I'm going to pick back up at that and I'm also going to be talking about some other stuff that I have dealt with too in episode 2 and episode two. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank y'all for listening to this podcast. Thank you. And I hope this podcast bless you and just give you some encouraging words. So, until next time, y'all have a blessed day.